Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Welcome everybody to another episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan. With me again this week is Matt and Ryan. Last week we started a buy sell hold theme, and we're going to continue that this week. We covered all the AFC teams a week ago. It's the NFC this week. Uh, we're going to look at the top three players according to DLF ADP on each NFL roster and try to identify a buy, sell, and hold on 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 that team. Uh, really, it just gives us a, a chance to talk about a lot of players that are in high demand in Dynasty Leagues. Before we get to all that, guys, we got to talk about Scott Fishbowl, though, because that kicked off this week. I am fortunate we are recording on Tuesday night, and I think I'm in the third fastest league, so we're all the way into the 10th round. Matt, how about your league? How's things going? Pretty good. Uh, We're in the fifth, so not nearly as fast as you guys, but we're not with those poor souls that are stuck in the third round, so pretty happy with it. (laughs) Yeah. Ryan? Yeah, yeah, we've got a good pace going. Uh, We are midway through the sixth round of... Uh, I took George Kittle in the first round, nine overall. It felt a little strange, I have to admit. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's been a fun league so far. So we're all following Scott Fishbowl ADP, Ryan. I'm wondering, are you the highest drafter of George Kittle? Uh, I think somebody beat me by one spot. I think he went eight overall in one league. Well, I was a little later. I got Kittle as well, but I got him at 20 overall. So I think I got value there. I feel wow. good about that draft pick. Yeah, you did for sure. It, I kind of feel like I traded down to the second round. I feel like I had uh, multiple second round picks and no first round. <laughs> I think a lot okay. of people towards the end of the first round probably probably felt that way because there were a lot of runs. Depending on how your league went, it appeared to me like if tight ends were going off and you wanted one of those top three guys, you had to jump in early. Uh, same thing for quarterbacks, and, and it probably even transferred over to running backs. Uh, if, if the trend continued beyond those top four guys, if, if Gordon and Bell and and uh, Delvin Cook and Gurley, all those guys just kept popping off, you just had to follow the trend if you were going to get one. Otherwise, you're going to have to set a trend of your own. I've been following a lot of these drafts, watching them relatively closely, and my favorite teams all tend to be those teams that waited on quarterback. But that wasn't 
necessarily available to everybody. Uh, Ryan, I know you were talking about some quarterbacks that go in your league. It seems like they were going a lot, lot faster in your league than some others. Yeah, for sure. And, th- and that's one of the fun aspects of, of this massive league that Scott puts together. There's, there's basically 100 different leagues and you'd like to peek at, at the other leagues or friends leagues to see how they're going or to get an idea of who might be available at a certain pick for you. But uh, in the end, you really have to, uh, you really just have to focus on your own league because that's the only one that matters at that point. And, you know, like you said, you, you got Kittle in the second round. I think you, you got Drew Brees in the sixth round. I had to take him in the fifth. So it's, it's just the different ways those, uh, those positional runs kind of play out. Yeah, so we're all enjoying Scott Fishbowl, or at least the 1,200 of us that got into Scott Fishbowl. Uh, I know in my league there's been a lot of chat about how grateful a lot of people are of being in and being selected. A lot of the fans are excited. I would encourage anybody that has heard about Scott Fishbowl and thinks they want to give it a try, go over to Scott's website, sign up for next year's copy or next year's version of this league because it is a lot of fun, but this isn't a Scott Fishbowl podcast. Instead, it's the DLF Dynasty podcast, and we're going to get to our buy, sell, and hold segment, or I guess episode in general. And we'll start in the NFC East, and why not start with the Dallas Cowboys? The top three, uh, according to ADP on DLF. Uh, for the Cowboys are running back Ezekiel Elliott, who is number four overall. Wide receiver Amari Cooper comes in at 20 overall. And then the third highest ranked, according to ADP, Cowboy is Michael Gallup at 118 overall. Matt, let's start with you. Your thoughts on these three Dallas Cowboys and which is the buy, the sell, and the hold? For me, Cooper is still the buy. Uh, Elliot, I, th- I think I've, I'm holding him because I just think he's going to have just a monster season. He, I, I think right now he's probably my running back one overall for 2019, and maybe my 101 overall, honestly. And, and Gallup, I, I like, but uh, you know, I think I think he still has a little bit of that rookie hype on him. Uh, performed decently in stretches, definitely flash. But uh, if I could get say a second round pick for Gallup, I'd be pretty happy with that. At least, at least given these options here, like I definitely want to buy Cooper and I know I want to hold Elliott. So kind of by default, uh, Gallup is going to be the sell. That's pretty much where I am too. I guess my only, uh, the only maybe change I might have from Matt's thoughts is if I could move from Zeke to one of those other uh, three running backs in that top tier, you know, we just we just keep seeing these off-field issues. He avoided the suspension this time, it seems. Uh, but the, these things just keep popping up. So uh, I'm not ready to call him a sell. I'm not panicking on Zeke yet. But if I could just pivot to, from him to uh, McCaffrey or, or Kamara, then I would do that. Otherwise, I agree with Matt. How do you think you could get anything on top of on top of one of those guys for Elliot though, or would you pay something on top of Elliot to move to one of those guys? No, I think you'd have to pay. Yeah, it, it's, at least you definitely have to pay for McCaffrey, uh, Kamara. I think you could maybe you could maybe do that even up. I think that's the best case scenario that you probably go even up, and and that leads me to the same conclusion that you guys did as well. If there's a buy in the group, it's Cooper, and I, it's an 
it's actually an exciting buy for me. I'm really looking forward to the 2019 season for Amari Cooper. I think there's there's big upside, and he flashed some of it. I'm a believer. I know there's a lot of doubters out there uh, that look towards his, his time in Oakland more than those those last few weeks or that last couple of months in Dallas. I'm, I'm a, I'm a supporter for sure. Anything for Amari and he's going to be my buy of the group as well. Let's go on to the Philadelphia Eagles fellas. Ryan, we'll start with you. Tight end Zach Ertz came in at number 29 overall in DLF ADP. He was followed among Eagles by running back Miles Sanders at number 49 and wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey at 84 overall. Who's your buy, who's your sell, and who's your hold in Philadelphia? Guys, I don't know about you all, but I had uh, I had a hard time in general with a lot of these teams, but that's not true of the Eagles. I think the Eagles were, the Eagles were probably the easiest one for me to sort through with these uh, with these categories. As I mentioned last week, I think most oftentimes that we see a rookie in the top three, uh, almost every time that player is going to be my buy because I do expect, uh, and we've seen so many rookies gain value uh, after their first season. So Sanders definitely fits that bill. He would be my buy. Uh, I've talked about it on here uh, in past episodes that I think Zach Ertz is, is a major sell. I've traded him in a couple leagues uh, since that, so uh, pretty easy to put him in that group, uh, in that category for me. And Alshon Jeffrey would be the hold for me. His We've seen his value drop quite a bit uh, over the past few months, uh, towards the end of last season and, and now through the offseason. So I, th- I think if he can stay healthy early in the season, maybe we get a, a little bounce back in value and, and possibly a, a sell window for Alshon. Yeah, I feel pretty similar to Ryan. By Miles Sanders, got to hold Alshon. You're just not going to be able to get any value for him, really. And you know, it's he's in a good offense. You, you hope they you know they spread it around a lot, but you hope that he bounces back a little bit and gives you a better opportunity later. And then Ertz is by far the biggest sell. Like if, even if I could pivot to like the next tier down, like the or the perceived next tier, I should say, of uh, OJ Howard, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, one of those guys, and get something on top of that back for Ertz. Uh, I'm I'm in all that all day. So I agree with Ryan. Another clean sweep here as well. I I completely agree with you guys for all the reasons that you mentioned. Let's go to the Washington Redskins, Matt. Running back Darius Geis is the highest valued dynasty asset in Washington. He comes in at 48 overall, followed up by wide receiver Terry McLaurin at all the way down at 171 and rookie quarterback Dwayne Haskins uh, just below him at 181 overall. So we got some young Redskins on the list and and not the dynasty community in a whole, Matt, is, is not digging what the Redskins are, are putting out there for us. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this one seems pretty cut and dry to me too. Haskins has to be the obvious hold, I think. You can't get anything for him and I'm probably not going to spend a pick on him in a, in a one quarterback league. Uh, in terms of in terms of drafting him, McLaurin easy buy. I love the upside. Love the fact that he has that connection with Haskins, and that there's no real true wide receiver one there. So uh, I'm not saying McLaurin is that guy, but I think he, he has a chance to be that guy. And then Geis uh, has got to be my sell. I just I, I really like him as a player. Like what was my 102 like everybody else last year, uh, but the team in general is just just a nightmare. And you got Peterson there, and and I, I, Bryce Love, and all these guys there. So if I can again just like 
like with Ertz in the previous one, if I could sell and pivot to somebody maybe a, a tier lower, like if I could get Rashad Penny, for example, uh, who's going after Geis at this point uh, and get a little bit back on top for Geis, I'd be, I'd be totally interested in doing that. Yeah, I've, I've got to agree again. And, and I, hate the, uh, I hate the argument of he's never played a down in the NFL. You know, we hear, we hear that a lot with, uh, with incoming rookies and how they're being valued uh, during the, the offseason before, before their rookie season. But you look at these three, and this is just maybe this is how, uh, how bad of a shape the Redskins are in. Their top three valued players are, have not played a down in the NFL with, with the, the two rookies plus guys coming off that injury. So it could definitely be a long season for the Redskins. I think that's, that's probably what they're expecting. But uh, once again, I, I agree with Matt. Yeah, I agree as well. Ryan, you mentioned that those top three guys haven't played a down. If you dig even deeper, the next guy among Redskins is Bryce Love who hasn't played it down as well. Trey Quinn, who's played limited snaps for sure. And then Kelvin Harmon. Are the, those are the next three. So, uh, you know, I know we're digging deep. We're into the 180s and 190s when we when we look for these Redskins on in the ADP list. But there's just not, not a lot of value to be had there. Uh, hopefully somebody emerges. So three... Clean sweeps, we all agree, uh, in Dallas, in Philadelphia, and in Washington. Let's go talk about the New York Giants, Ryan, and we'll start at the top with running back Saquon Barkley. He's the number one guy in ADP, uh, according to DLF ADP. He's followed up by tight end Evan Ingram at 52, and then wide receiver Sterling Shepard at 75. Yeah, I've I've got Barkley as as a hold in this category. I'm uh, I know there's some concerns about him and uh, what that Giants offense might look like, but uh, I I don't think it's going to be any worse than it was last year. Even though they did uh, they did part ways with uh, with Odell Beckham Jr. I I think we'll see we'll still see Barkley dominate that that offense and. Uh, dominate defenders as well so uh, even though he's in that top spot he's a hold for me uh, Evan Ingram is the buy here I'm sure Matt will agree with that one I know he's a big Ingram fan his his ADP has dropped after somewhat of a disappointing year but we've also seen his split stats uh, when Beckham is out of the lineup they're they're really good if you haven't seen those and that leaves Shepard as the sell just not really a believer in him kind of surprised he's a top 75 player I, yeah, I differ a little bit on this one, so not quite a clean sweep. I think I think I'm okay selling Saquon here. I've done it twice in the last two years. The first one was not my favorite trade, uh, the one that I did last year. Uh, it's, it's still okay. I think I still come out ahead value-wise. This year, earlier in the offseason, though, I was able to sell him for uh, – and I, I made a bunch of cascading trades after that using some of these, these assets, but I basically traded him for on Johnson, Aaron Jones, a full set of picks and uh, another basically the, the the auction equivalent of, of, of a 101 in capitalist pigs three. Uh, so I just I just think if you are concerned about the Giants team in general, the quarterback situation, the line, whatever it is, the ability for him to stay healthy if they are going to just just give it to him 500 times a season, then I think now is, is a pretty good opportunity to do that while he's still the 101. 
Um, I think there's a chance that he's not the 101 going into next year. So it doesn't feel good for sure to sell Saquon Barkley. But if you if you are a rebuilding team and he's you know one of your your only big assets, I really think that you can turn around your team maybe even in one season uh, by moving him. So uh, so he's going to be my sell here. Evan Ingram definitely my buy. I think he had a down season at the beginning of last season. This 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 one of my I think on our bold prediction show I said Evan Ingram was going to be the tight end one in Dynasty for 2019. That didn't work out so well. Uh, but I think he's still has that kind of upside and at this depressed price point I think he you know just under those those top three guys and under OJ Howard in a lot of cases I think he has a chance to uh, to really capitalize on that value and then Sterling Shepard will be my hold uh, it's I mean I know it's no it's the offseason camp reports but it seems like he's the best wide receiver there he's certainly not a true wide receiver one uh, but I think he can be an okay asset for your fantasy team you know as a, as a like a wide receiver three or bye week fill-in so uh, I'll hold Sterling Shepard the problem I have with Shepard is it it doesn't feel like you should have have to invest that much into a player that really hasn't shown it to this point. I know he's just 26 years old and he should be seen as the number one guy in New York uh, alongside Golden Tate, who's who's now hit 30, but I, I just doesn't feel good. It, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So, so I called Shepard my sell as well. Ingram is the easy buy for me and Barkley. He's a hold for me. You made a compelling argument, Matt, for sure, but and I think you mentioned it, it just doesn't feel right to sell him. And you, if you get a King's Ransom, obviously anybody's worth selling. I, I just, I have a hard time seeing the path to selling Saquon Barkley and feeling good about it. With that, let's move to the NFC North and we'll start reluctantly with the best team in the NFC North. That's the Chicago Bears, Matt. Uh, running back David Montgomery is the highest valued uh, fantasy or at least dynasty asset on the Bears. He comes in at 45 overall in DLF ADP. He's followed up by wide receiver Allen Robinson at 59 and then running back Tariq Cohen at 72. So who's your buy, who's your sell, and who's your hold in Chicago, Matt? You said my name there with a little bit of disdain. I'm not sure if that was for me or for the team. It's for the team, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, fellow Packer fan, it hurts a little bit to say the Bears are the best team in the North, but you, you got to be honest, right? Uh, I'm not being honest. In fact, I don't really, and this, I swear this is not because I'm a Packer fan, but I really don't want any of these guys, honestly. Uh, for the purpose of this exercise, I put Cohen as the sell. I think he's an easy sell. I think he's going to lose you know, most of the work to Montgomery. He's still the better receiver, but Montgomery is good enough as a receiver to get something, a piece of that. And if Cohen doesn't score as many touchdowns as he did last year, I just it's going to be a tough road, I think. And I think his value is definitely going to fall uh, once we – once we finish the 2019 season, Allen Robinson, I mean, if you were a fan, you know, this feels like a low point for him. You know, last year was a disappointment, obviously, but first year on a new team coming off that knee injury. Uh, so, I mean, if you're into Allen Robinson, I really think that this is a good time to buy. So I listed him as a buy slash hold and then Montgomery, uh, like a hold slash sell. Like I, I, I'm not willing to pay like the 103, 104 prices that he's going for in rookie, rookie drafts. So I don't think I'll have any of him. Um, but at the same time, I do think he will end up being the best running back there. The problem is it's just that offense is going to spread it around so much. And I just think you're going to be frustrated with, with all of these guys. So in my, in my heart, I want to, I want to sell them all, but, uh, for the purposes of this sell or hold Montgomery, by Robinson, sell Tariq Cohen. I mostly agree with that. I'm, I don't know if I'm quite as angry about it as <laughs> as Matt is. Uh, I, I am an Allen Robinson fan, Dan. I know you are as well. So with with his 
his ADP at 59 overall, that's, uh, that's among the lowest it's been uh, in quite a while, even, even when he had that knee injury and, and missed most of uh, the 2017 season. So uh, Allen Robinson, certainly my buy. I think he can bounce back even with that offensive scheme that, that uh, spreads the ball around a little bit. I like Robinson's value. Uh, Cohen is the sell. Agree with, with Matt on that one. Uh, and then Montgomery, uh, I talked about the, the rookie value. For me, Montgomery's a hold and most likely a sell early in the uh, 2020 offseason. Yeah, I differ from you guys on this one, and I call Montgomery the sell myself. I know a lot of people are, are hyped about that upside and and really are downgrading Tariq Cohen because of it. But I like that that human joystick, that electrifying athlete in the backfield that is Tariq Cohen, and I don't think he's going anywhere. So Montgomery is going to be my sell of the group. I'm going to hold Tariq Cohen at 72. He feels like a pretty safe bet, especially in PPR leagues to get opportunities and make the most of those opportunities. Matt, you mentioned the touchdowns. He's so electrifying that I think he can keep up that pace at least early as he he continues early in his career. And that makes Allen Robinson my buy as well. At 59, that feels like a value to me. I'm not convinced that 2019 is going to be his best season or or even his best season as a Chicago Bear just because of what you guys talked about with uh, them spreading the ball around in that offense. It really feels to me, guys, like if you're going to want anybody, it should be the running backs in Chicago because that's what that offense is built around or at, it at least appears that way. But it's a clean sweep for all of us. Allen Robinson is the buy. Let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings, guys, and we'll start with running back Delvin Cook, who comes in at 21 overall. Wide receiver Stephon Diggs right after him at 22, and then wide receiver Adam Thielen, not Allen, his brother Adam Thielen uh, makes it three in the top 30. He came in at 28. So who's the buy, who's the sell, and who's the hold in Minnesota? I kind of feel like Matt did about the Bears with this one. I I don't love the value on any of these guys. Um, There's been a lot of talk about these second or or maybe third-tier running backs this offseason, Cook being one of those, along with uh, Sony Michelle, Darius Geis, and and just concerns about their nagging injuries. And we've seen Geis and Michelle dip in ADP, and somehow Cook has maintained that second-round ADP. Uh, he would, he, he is the definite sell for me at that value. Uh, the receivers, I I like both of those guys, but at at 22 and 28 overall, I expect them to continue to do what they've done, kind of cancel each other out. Obviously they're going to give us some, some big games throughout the 2019 season and, and moving forward, but I'm not sure either is going to break free enough to uh, really gain a lot of value. So for me, both of those guys are just holds. Yeah, I, I differ a little bit. Cook, you mentioned he's he's held his value throughout the injuries and stuff. Wasn't there, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but I think there was even like a month or two where he, during the, the big injury that, that took him out, uh, that he actually went up <laughs> in value for, for a month or two there. Yeah, it, it wasn't just a month or two. If you look at that, that whole year that he missed or that calendar year from the time he was injured uh, until that next early that next offseason, 
he gained value through throughout that, which is yeah, doesn't make sense. It's crazy. I, I just, despite that, and I don't get me wrong, I am afraid of the injury risk for sure. But I, I, I I'm optimistic about him for 2019. I really like bringing in Kubiak. I know he's not the official offensive coordinator, but you have to think he has a, a hand in that, and he's always had a successful running game. And I think he is going to get basically everything he can handle. You know, we just have to see if he can really handle <laughs> a real workload. Uh, Diggs, I still really like, but 22 seems high. I, I, I still want to buy him more than I want to buy. Thielen, though, since I've made Cook my hold, um, and Thielen, you know, he's getting older. Is I don't he's tail that that he obviously had a historic first half of the season that just kind of died and and went away. I think Rebar had a had a stat on him a while ago. I can't remember the exact one, but it was something like maybe one wide receiver one in game in the in the second half of the season, or maybe even zero. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen necessarily again. But I do still want Diggs over Thielen based on age, and I think he has the the higher upside. So I will buy Diggs and sell Thielen at those prices. Yeah, the prices are, are what makes things so difficult here because it doesn't seem like there should be three Minnesota Vikings in the top 30. And, you know, just because that offense has been successful, it doesn't seem like they they should really put out three players that we count on as not only starters every week, but big-time players and, and almost superstars. It doesn't seem like that that exists in Minnesota. So I, I agree with Ryan that Delvin Cook is the easy sell among this group, and it's difficult to choose between the two wide receivers. But because of age, it seems like Diggs is the buy. It, you know, to me, Diggs is an interesting character. I was a big fan of him coming out of college. Seemed like I drafted him in nearly every league. And as that ADP grew, I sold him off on many teams. Now, just in the last couple weeks, I bought him in a league because it seemed like people were were down on him just a bit, or at least the guy that owned him in the one league. So uh, Diggs is the guy I'm going to buy of this group. I guess that makes Thielen the sell, but he does feel, like Ryan said, uh, like more of a hold to me. Let's go to the Green Bay Packers, fellas. Uh, wide receiver Devontae Adams is the highest uh, valued Green Bay Packer. He comes in at seven overall in DLF ADP. He's followed by running back Aaron Jones at 38 and quarterback Aaron Rodgers, Matt comes in at number 74. So who are you buying? Who are you selling and who are you holding in Green Bay? I feel like every single time a quarterback comes up in this list, I'm just going to put him as a hold because <laughs> in a one quarterback league, you're just not going to get enough to move him. And you're certainly not going to get enough for Rodgers to move him for what he could mean to your team for this year for sure. So he's he's my locked in hold. Uh, this might be a little bit of a surprise, but I'm buying Adams. He's I moved him up to wide, my wide receiver one overall in Dynasty this past month uh, when my ranking did my rankings update. So I'm I'm all in on him at the at the seven price. And then Aaron Jones, I really like him, but he's he's just creeping up a little bit too high for for comfort for me. Um, if I have him on my teams, on my personal teams, I'm probably holding unless I can get you know a really a really nice deal for him. But uh, for this exercise, he's got to be the sell I think from these three. I definitely agree on Aaron Jones. Again, he's a player that we've talked about on here before, and also we've talked about Dexter Williams, and uh, I expect uh, a a little bit more of a competition between those two than maybe uh, the the value would uh, suggest. Also agree on Aaron Rodgers as the hold. He's he's lost some value this offseason as well. He's 
Uh, I think he's dropped to quarterback five and is being almost pushed out of even that top five range. But uh, once the season's rolling around, and like most veterans, I think he could see a little bit of a value gain. Uh, so if that leaves Adams as the buy, then then I'm okay with that. Um, I feel he's seventh overall in our ADP, but I actually feel like his trade value is lower than that. If you're looking at a stat established leagues, um, I think in general, people uh, would certainly rather have Beckham and Hopkins, uh, but even, even guys like um, uh, Juju and, and Michael Thomas, I don't know. It, it seems like Adams gets discounted in trade talks a little bit. Yeah. And, and maybe that's, just because of all the negativity surrounding, you know, it seems like everybody gives him credit as as this great route runner that can separate and create separation despite his lack of athleticism and and maybe that that speed and 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 burst. And I think that's what you know. People look at these other guys like Juju Smith Schuster, who's extremely explosive, and immediately they say, "Well, that guy's got to be better." Um, despite Adams and, and the quarterback connection that he has. So I agree with you guys. Adams is going to be the buy for me, despite that top 10 number. And Jones is the sell for me as well, because I agree again that that there's going to be a competition there, and I just don't trust that guy to stay stay healthy, despite how much I like um, the, the added dimension that he adds to that Packers offense. Uh, Rodgers is the hold in that in that situation, obviously, as well. How about the Detroit Lions, Ryan? Running back Carrion Johnson comes in at 32 overall in DLF ADP. He's followed up by wide receiver Kenny Galladay at 35, and then rookie tight end TJ Hawkinson at 83. So who's your buy, who's your sell, and who's your hold? Uh, no surprise here. Hawkinson, the rookie, is my buy. Uh, but looking at Galladay and, and Carrion Johnson, those are tough to place into categories. I, I guess ultimately I would call Galladay the sell. Uh, we've seen his value, his ADP value at least, uh, even higher than it currently is. But um, still, still just not ready to treat him as a, a wide receiver one or even a borderline wide receiver one in Dynasty. And that will make Carrion Johnson the hold. I'm I'm kind of similar. I, I I put a hold on Hawkinson just because, despite all the hype, you know we know that the trend with these these rookie tight ends. So I mean you're gonna you're gonna have to hold him. I, I, don't, I don't think you're gonna sell him because you're gonna want to have him in future years. I don't know. I I'm not really willing to take him at least in a one tight end league where he's going. So he's the hold for me. Sell is Galladay's easy sell, like Ryan said, for all of those reasons. I just he's older than people think he does. He hasn't seen it. I really think he's going to get swallowed up by some coverage this year, and Marvin Jones is going to going to reap the benefits of that. And then carry on. I, I really like him. Thirty two, kind of like with Aaron Jones, a little bit. Like it's starting to get a little bit too high, but I really like his opportunity. Uh, they've got Derek Bevel in there, who we know how he likes to treat the running game. So if they if they give him all that and, and he can hold up uh, in terms of his injury situation, then I think he could be a, a really good player for us in 2019. So buy, carry on, sell, Galladay, and hold TJ Hawkinson. I'm going to hold carry on Johnson for exactly the reason that you just said there, Matt. It's because the opportunity is great. He's going to get a lot of uh, carries, a lot of touches in that offense. And I feel like his value is going to go up. But then, just like you said again, 
if you, if you don't like him at 32, if that makes you feel not great, you're really not going to like things when, when he's coming in in the 25 range or or even in the top two rounds. You're, you're really going to feel bad about it. So uh, I'll, I'll call him a hold today, but really feel like he's probably going to be a sell down the road. As of today, Galladay's my sell, and Hawkinson is going to be my buy. Uh, that does it for the NFC North, guys. So let's go down south. And start with the New Orleans Saints. Alvin Kamara comes in at three overall. He's followed up with another top ten entry with Michael Thomas at eight. And Latavius Murray all the way down there in the 11th round at 121. Matt, so who's your buy, who's your sell, and who's your hold in New Orleans? This is this is one of those teams that are really difficult because I, I want to have all of these guys. <laughs> it's it's just really hard to separate them in these three categories, you know, one for each. So I put Mayor Murray as my buy because he's he, he's going, you know, outside the 10th round. Uh, they've always had two productive running backs there. I just feel like the value is, is pretty astronomical there with Murray. Uh, there's a couple other guys that could take some value from him if he underperforms or gets hurt again. But uh, looking at it from where we are right now, it just seems like Murray is a screaming value in terms of production for 2019. Uh, Michael Thomas, I, I put as my sell, but I don't really want to. And that's really only because Alvin Kamara I want to hold. I just think he's one of those running backs. You know, running backs have these short shelf lives, but these these receiving backs that are so dynamic like this. We're going to get to another guy a little bit later, but I just think they're going to hold their value longer than than these old school running backs. Like Maybe even like an Ezekiel Elliott, to be honest with you, if we're talking about those top four guys. So uh, for the purpose of this exercise, Kamara is the hold, Thomas is the sell, and Murray is the buy. But I, I really don't want to sell Thomas, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I broke the rules on this one. I, I couldn't come up with, I actually couldn't come up with a firm buy, uh, even though I agree with you, Matt, that I want all three of these guys on my roster. Uh, both Kamara and Thomas, I think, are, are priced uh, appropriately uh, at, at three and eight overall, respectively. So uh, I had both of those guys as a hold. I actually could see a case for selling Murray. Uh, if you go back to uh, back to March, I guess, before free agency, he was almost undrafted in our ADP, and, and now he's pushing uh he's pushing to be a top 100 player and uh, obviously we know what that Saints offense can do we've seen a pair of productive running backs uh, n- nearly every year of, of Sean Payton's tenure there so uh, I'm, I'm certainly glad if I had Murray uh, stashed on a roster and hanging around the, the bottom of one of my teams uh, coming into the offseason but uh, certainly not paying uh a second round pick for him, which I think it would probably cost that and maybe even more. So uh, I I could see a case to sell Latavius. Oh, you totally stole my thunder, Ryan. I I was going to, I thought I was going to surprise people calling Murray the sell of the group for all those reasons that you just said, uh, because I, I, I want these guys on my team just like you guys, but I'm just not willing to buy at the prices it would take to get Murray. Again, like Ryan said, if, if I already had him on my team or if somebody's willing to throw him in on a trade or, or, or give him up, give up on him for a third-round pick, I'm all in on Murray. But it seems like it's going to cost more than that. So I'm going to sell him, especially if I'm the guy who can get the second-round pick for him. Uh, or, or like Ryan said, even maybe more. Uh, that makes Kamara my buy because even at three overall, I feel like there's more upside to be gained there, particularly in PPR leagues. And Thomas is the hold. He's he's right where he should be. 
obviously a top 10 player in that offense. I do have some small reservations about him once Drew Brees moves on. I think Brees makes wide receivers better. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious, and, and you know we'll have to see how that plays out if and when Drew Brees calls it a career. You guys convince me. I'll sell, I'll sell Murray. You're right. If he was undrafted before and he's, a, he's a, almost inside the top 100 now, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay getting out. All right. We, I think we made progress then, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> we finally won one with Matt. So uh, let's try to win another one here with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, wide receiver Julio Jones at 17. His partner in crime, Calvin Ridley, at 44, and then running back Devonta Freeman at 51. So who are we buying, who are we selling, and who are we holding in Atlanta? Um, again, kind of fitting with some of the themes that we've talked about with these other teams. The, the veteran wide receiver, I, while I want to sell, this is not the time to sell. I think we'll have a better window to sell all those guys like Hilton and Julio and, and A.J. Green and some of the guys we talked about. Uh, last week. So Julio is my hold for now. Uh, Calvin Ridley is my buy. Uh, looking at his ADP of 44, I'm actually a little surprised after such an impressive rookie season that he's not e- even higher than that. I know that'll be music to Dan's ears. And, and Devontae Freeman, I have I have the same concerns that everyone else has. I think the only thing that's that, that's keeping him close to that top 50 range is that the Falcons didn't really make any significant moves uh, to upgrade the position. They, of course, let Coleman go. They drafted Quadri Allison late. Uh, I don't think Allison or Ido Smith are, are really threats uh, to Freeman. So I, I expect him to hang on to that job, but not for much longer if we're thinking in dynasty uh, term. So if his value is really at 51 overall, as our ADP suggests, he is the sell for me. This 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 entire division, I just want all of the players that are on our list. Like, I don't want to get rid of any of them. But <laughs> for the for the purposes of this, uh, Dan, I'm going to make you a little bit sad because I'm going to make Ridley my sell. I just like Ryan said, I don't think that Jones is it's time to sell him, and he's about to sign a new contract. I just don't see him really going anywhere. Uh, and he he just seems like one of those guys that are like like Larry Fitzgerald in role. He's going to be productive into his his early to mid 30s. So I just don't think you're going to get the value for him, even really in season. To be honest with you. So I've got to hold Julio, sell Calvin Ridley. And Freeman, I, I, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I think you're right, Ryan. He's like a ticking time bomb. Like his value could die at any second. But for a contending team, he's really pretty attractive at that price to me. So uh, I'm going to buy Freeman, sell Ridley, and, and hold Julio. Sorry, Dan. You don't have to apologize. You know, I don't really want to sell Matt, him. I don't I, really want to sell him. I've been wrong, too. I was wrong about some stuff back in the day. It's, it's cool. You know, I get it. I, I'm really surprised. I'm, I'm actually more shocked that you'd call Freeman your buy because I, I think in the dozen or so dynasty leagues that I play in, if I had to choose one player that's hit the trading block the most without any successful trades being done, it's probably Freeman. It seems like he regularly hits that hits the market. And, and nobody really wants to pay the price that the owner thinks he should get for him. So they just hold him. And so I, I'm going to call Freeman the sell, although I, I don't feel like you're going to get what you want for him. Uh, Julio is, is the obvious hold for me, and, and nobody's going to be shocked with me calling Kelvin Ridley the buy. In fact, I'll call him the best buy on this list. Uh, let's since we we all have this freeman thing going on let's talk about it what would you guys sell him for what what would you what would you get out on freeman for 
Well, we've, we've talked a lot on here, and I've talked a lot about that ADP is not a trade tool. So, of course, uh, you can't you can't just look at ADP and say, oh, I'd rather have this guy than Freeman. But that's the context of the conversation we're having. And, and looking at ADP, there's probably 10 running backs being drafted below Freeman that I would rather have. Certainly Daryl Henderson, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, Mark Ingram, Tevin Coleman, his former teammate, Damian Harris. I mean, that's just a, kind of a quick scan. And then there's there's a few others who I think would be maybe more of a of a conversation or, or maybe closer. I guess in short, I think he's being overdrafted at a, at a running back 24 spot. And that's exactly what I, I was going to point to. I was going to name a lot of the same names that you did there. Um, the the one that jumped off to me was Rashad Penny. I'd, I'd much rather take the gamble that in his second year he makes the leap forward than that Devonta Freeman suddenly finds it again, stays healthy, that offense continues to rely on him like they have in the past. It seems like best-case scenario – Although Devonta Freeman is only 27 years old, it it feels to me like the best case scenario is that he is the guy week in and week out for one more year and it'll be time to move at least past him being being that number one bell cow type running back. I just think everybody, all of those guys you listed, maybe not all of maybe not the bottom end of, but definitely the top end up with the Hendersons of the world. I I just don't, and the the Rashad Pennies even, I just don't think you're ever going to, you're ever going to get that trade. Like no one's ever going to move those guys for Freeman. So I just think his trade value is, like you said, Ryan, his trade value is so much lower than, than this ADP is. Yeah. He's, he's really a interesting case study because like I said, it feels like he hits the trade block in every league, but I never see him traded because the guy who owns him feels like he's worth more than, than any of the offers that he's going to get. Uh, with that, let's go to the Carolina Panthers. We'll start with running back Christian McCaffrey, who is second in DLF ADP. He's followed up by wide receivers DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel at 36 and 107, respectively. So who's the buy, who's the sell, and who's the hold in Carolina? Again, I, I want all of these guys. You know, you guys know McCaffrey's my boy. Uh, he's not going anywhere. I'm holding him. I, I think just like Kamara, maybe even to a, a larger extent, to be honest with you, that he's going to hold some kind of value even as he gets older, as, at least as a receiving threat. So I just think you're going to be able to keep him for a very long time, much longer than other elite running backs. Uh, Curtis Samuel is going to be my buy. I know, I know his ADP is rising, but I, I always kind of like that player. Uh, Matt Harmon, I think, in his reception perception was the number one uh, separator uh, of all of the, the receivers that he charted this year. And I just think he does, you know, all, maybe not quite to the level of DJ Moore, but I think he does the same things as DJ Moore, and you can get him at such a cheaper price. And I really like DJ Moore, uh, but like, for the purpose of this exercise, again, hold McCaffrey, sell DJ Moore just because of that price and the rising up into that, that third round of, of ADP uh, and buy Curtis Samuel again just because of the price. And I think that those two are going to be fairly interchangeable uh, as long as they're with Carolina. So I've got Samuel as my sell here for some of the same reasons that we talked about with Latavius Murray. We've seen uh, we've seen a pretty significant value jump for some of the reasons Matt you talked about. He's he's getting some hype this off season. Uh, I, I think that's deserved, and and I like Samuel, but he's also got a, he's also got this injury history that we are just uh, dismissing uh, as as he gains AD, moves up ADP and gains value. So uh, of the three, he would be my sell. Uh, 
to me, both DJ Moore and McCaffrey are really holds. If I have to pick one as a buy, it would be uh, DJ Moore. He's already uh, at 36 overall after a solid rookie season, but not a spectacular rookie season. And you look at uh, he he's being drafted ahead of uh, ahead of Calvin Ridley by over half a round. So that's that's kind of an interesting comparison for those two second year guys. But uh, clearly the the market already likes more. Uh, so once he actually performs as a wide receiver one for his team, uh, he's he's got some room to gain value still. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Ryan on this one. Samuel's the obvious sell for me. A year ago, summer of 2018, he was in the 220s and 230s and and spiked midseason when he started to make some catches, make some plays in that offense and, you know, just continued to spike since that point. So he's gone from a low a year ago of 232 in our ADP now all the way to the the you know, on the cusp of being a top 100 player, that doesn't seem like something that I want to invest in. Certainly don't want to be buying. I'd call DJ Moore uh, the buy of the group as well, because I think there is some more upside to be had there. And McCaffrey's an obvious hold. Love the player and love, love, uh, love the opportunity there in Carolina for Christian McCaffrey. The last team in the NFC South is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The three players we're going to talk about here, fellas, are wide receiver Mike Evans at 11, wide receiver Chris Godwin at 43, and tight end O.J. Howard Ryan at 55 overall. Who's the buy, who's the sell, and who's the hold for the Buccaneers? I really, uh, uh, going back to what Matt said, this is another team where I want all these guys on my roster. We've seen we've seen Howard and Godwin both gain quite a bit of value this offseason, uh, but I, I think it's mostly warranted. I think they can uh, live up to that hype, and uh, looking at Godwin, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he's uh, a, a top 25 player, according to ADP soon, so he is my buy. Uh, O.J. Howard is actually my sell. I, I have a little less confidence in him, especially looking at how uh, that co- that new coaching staff has used tight ends in the past. And then Mike Evans is my hold, but I'm I'm glad to see him back in the first round. I I'm pretty much agree with Ryan, but again, I I, I want them all. I don't really want to sell Howard, uh, but. You know, any almost any tight end that gets up this high in value is worth selling in a, in a t- one tight end league uh, with with no premiums or anything. So he's a, I'm not as worried about. I was initially about the Arians connection with the tight ends, but I think we have to look at the tight ends that he's had, the personnel that he that he has on the field there, and the fact that OG Howard is such an amazing downfield threat. So I'm I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm buying in hard to this entire Bucks offense. Evans is the hold. Uh, people are talking about selling him. He's had five one th- straight one thousand yard seasons to start his career, and he's just entering his prime. So I don't, I, I don't know how you can jump off that train personally. And then, like, like Ryan said, Godwin's getting is getting up there, but I think it's warranted. Like you get into those areas, that area of the draft, and you're looking at guys like. You know, the Tyler Lockett's and Tyler Boyd's and, and those kind of things. And Goblin just is so much more attractive. And, and, I, and if there's one of these teams, I think, that, that has a chance to have two receivers in the top, say, 12 to 15, maybe top 20 of, of uh, fantasy scores at the end of 2019, I think that these two are pretty good candidates. So even at 43, I'm still willing to buy Godwin there. So hold on Evans, buy Godwin, and sell O.J. Howard just because uh, he's a tight end, I guess. Yeah, we're all in agreement there. I don't think any of us really feel like selling O.J. Howard, but but we're forced to in this exercise. Uh, 
it would take it would take a pretty nice offer for me to sell OJ Howard in, even in that one tight end league because I I feel like he is just finding his own and will will find it most likely in 2019 in that Buccaneers offense. Uh, let's go to the NFC West, guys. We're going to start with the Los Angeles Rams, Matt. Some interesting players to talk about here, including Todd Gurley, who comes in at 13 in DLF ADP. He's followed up by a pair of wide receivers, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, at 30 and 46, respectively. This is another pretty tough one for me, uh, you know, Gurley has fallen. He certainly doesn't have the value he he had at the you know when he was going one or two overall the last couple of seasons. Uh, but and, and I and honestly, I do kind of want to buy him now, on, especially on a contending team where I can get a discount. But I think I, I do think that that there is very very little chance that he's going to jump back up into that that upper echelon like for the rest of his career. So just based on that, I'm okay selling at that price. So I made him. That's what I made him. Brandon Cooks again, uh, just a, a great player, and he's going to be a hold. He did he did take quite a dip in production once Cooper Cup went out last season. I think he he really drew a lot of attention away from Cooks and allowed him to succeed downfield. Uh, but uh, he's also started off his career with a, with a bunch of thousand yard receivers, doing it with all kinds of different quarterbacks. So uh, he's the hold there and woods i think is just even at 46 i still think he's kind of undervalued and another one of these guys uh who has i think the trade value on him is a lot lower than that adp uh will say so i'll buy woods hold brandon cooks and i'll I'll go ahead and sell todd Gurley, even though i don't really want to yeah i think in in this group and with these adps i think Gurley has to be uh has to be the sell the reality is he's not being valued as the 13th uh, 13th overall player in dynasty. So, uh, given, given that kind of dose of reality, when you're looking at, uh, what you can actually get for him, he, he's probably more of a hold based on this data. He's my cell. Uh, Matt, I agree with what you said on the receivers, but for me, cooks is the buy at 30 overall and, and Robert Woods at 46 is the hold. I, I gotta go the other way from you guys. I think Gurley's the buy because it is a discount at this point and he has the track record and, and I understand all the news and those things, the speculation, but it's, it's odd to me to get a full round discount on a player because of a five week stretch. You know, it happened at the end of the season. That's fresh in everybody's mind. All the, uh, naysayers out there seem to be getting more and more steam and and you know the reports that have come out of LA have have not been good but we haven't seen a thing out of him to suggest that he's taken any kind of step back I know they they drafted a rookie running back and and that's what you know adds fuel to the speculation that fire just continues to grow that Todd Gurley is about to hit a cliff he's 24 years old and is an MVP caliber type running back those things don't just disappear overnight. And, and I get it with inter- injuries. Sometimes that can happen. I'm going to take the discount. I'm going to buy him where I can and, and take that, uh, that bargain bin price. What, what it, what feels like a bargain bin price, because he should be valued equally to those top four guys, those guy the guys like Elliot and McCaffrey and Kamara. Um, it seems like he should be mixed in with that. And to get some kind of discount on that feels good. I don't really feel good about calling either one of these wide receivers a sell. I'll call Cooks the 
I guess I'll call Cooks the the hold of the group and Woods the sell, but I want to cheat on this one and, and hold both of them. <laughs> with that, let's go to the Seattle Seahawks, fellas, and we'll start with a pair of wide receivers, Tyler Lockett at 54 and DK Metcalf at 65. Running back Chris Carson is the third highest uh, valued Seattle Seahawks. He comes in at 79. Yeah, for me, DK Metcalf, the rookie, no surprise, is going to be my buy at 65 overall. Uh, Tyler Lockett, to me, is is one of the biggest sells of the offseason. I, I think we're looking at at some excellent efficiency from him last year with all those uh, touchdowns on relatively limited targets. And I think we're just trying to give him Doug Baldwin targets and expecting uh, the same the same numbers or extrapolating those same numbers and I, I don't see that happening, especially in this offense. There's been a lot of discussion recently in the fantasy community about what to expect from the uh, from the Seahawks passing offense, and it's mostly not positive. So Lockett is my sell. I'm fine selling Chris Carson too, but you can probably get uh, a little more for him when the season starts. And, and I'm actually surprised Rashad Penny is not in the top three uh, options here. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much the same thoughts as you. I just re- reversed the the hold and the sell. Uh, definitely buying DK. Like you said, the volume of that offense is, is, is not going to be great for the passing game. Uh, and, and DK can do more than uh, than Lockett or any, any other receiver on that team with a limited volume. So buying him. I'm holding Lockett. Uh, just because I think Carson is a sell, I think we all think that Rashad Penny is coming for him, uh, and even if not, he's even if he's not going to take over as the starter, he's going to eat into his work into Carson's workload more than he did uh, in 2018 for sure. So uh, I do think Penny overtakes him at some point, but even if not, then then uh, it'll do enough damage to him. And I think Carson has a little bit of an injury history too there. So uh, and obviously no draft capital. So I'll sell Carson probably later once we get into the season, like you said, Ryan. Hold hold Lockett and definitely buy him at calf. Yeah, I'm selling. Lockett, just like Ryan, uh, and buying Metcalf. Carson's my hold as well. For the record, Ryan, Carson came in at 79 overall in DLF ADP. Rashad Penny just two spots later at 81. I think we'd all, if 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 Penny was involved uh, or, or a couple spots higher, we would we would have had a lot tougher decision to make. In San Francisco, there might be a tough decision to make here as well. Tight end George Kittle comes in at 26, Matt. Wide receiver Dante Pettis at 77. And running back Tevin Coleman is the third most highly valued San Francisco 49er. He comes in at 90. So who's the buy, who's the sell, and who's the hold in San Fran? This one again, pretty easy for me. George Kittle is the easy sell because the tight end. I just, I'm not going to pay us. I'm not going to draft him in the second round. I'm not going to draft any tight end that high except for maybe Kelsey, and I'm probably not even doing that. Uh, so easy sell for me here. I do think he's the primary receiver there, probably, but I don't think he's going to duplicate last season uh, by any stretch. Dante Pettis, easy buy for me. You guys know he's he's another one of my kind of man crushes. I think he's he's basically baby Keenan Allen. I think, and and he's going to show that this year. I'm not worried about Debo Samuel's who who hasn't really been healthy yet uh in in early practices 
Uh, I'm not worried about Jalen Hurd. I'm not worried about any of these receivers they have. I am worried maybe about next year if they draft an alpha receiver um, that he could take a little bit of a, a step back. But uh, for right now, I think Pettis is easily the wide receiver one in that offense, and, and people are going to be surprised about him in, in 2019. Uh, Tevin Coleman is likewise an easy hold, I think, uh, definitely the best of that backfield. I do think all of those backs are going to be involved. But, you know, you have that old Shanahan connection. I, I think his price is about right, and I do think he's going to lead. Uh, the backfield, and at least in at least in carries, yards, and uh, in touchdowns, maybe not receptions, but I still think he is probably the best value there. So, and and and, and like we've been talking with some of these guys, I don't think the ADP matches the trade value here. Um, and I, I don't I don't really think you can get too much for Coleman at this point. So, pretty easy hold. Yeah, I, I really wanted to make uh, Tevin Coleman my sell because of because of that crowded backfield um, and. And just the hype that he had, if we think back to last offseason, which was which was pretty wild. Uh, but I think you're right, Matt. The, the the trade value is just not there. And and even at 90 overall in our startup ADP, I think he's uh, he's fairly priced. So uh, Coleman will be my hold. Agree 100% on Dante Pettis. I can't believe he's that cheap. We should all be taking the the Debo discount there. Uh, and then Kittle. I, I don't really consider him a, a must sell, but I also agree I'm not going to be drafting uh, drafting him in the late second or early third either. So uh, I'll I'll put Kittle as my sell for now. I I couldn't go that far, guys. I I had to call Kittle the hold because I like him and and I still feel like there's untapped potential there, even despite all the targets and and everything that went well for him in 2018. I think a full season with Jimmy Garoppolo under center could take things even to the next level for him. So I called him the hold, Pettis, for all the reasons you mentioned, the obvious buy, and that left Coleman as my sell, despite agreeing with you guys that that it's doubtful that you really get anything more than his 90 overall ADP would suggest. In Arizona, running back David Johnson comes in at 15 overall in DLF ADP. He's followed up among Cardinals by Christian Kirk at 80 and quarterback Kyler Murray at 108. So, Ryan, who's the buy, who's the sell, and who's the hold in Arizona? Kyler has to be the buy. I can't believe he's still outside of the top 100. It seems like people are already valuing him um, as, as a top five quarterback. So I'm, I'm surprised that hype hasn't taken over our ADP as well. Um, Christian Kirk, I think is at, at 80 overall. He's another player. I'm honestly surprised to see his, uh, his number that low. So I'll call him the hold, but don't mind buying him at that price. Uh, and David Johnson, I feel like that's a fair price too, uh, at 15 overall. But if I have to choose a sell, it would be him. Yeah, I agree again for the purpose of this exercise. <laughs> um, but I don't want to sell David Johnson. I, I'm definitely buying Christian Kirk and holding Kyler Murray again, the quarterback situation in a one quarterback league. Um, I will say I was able to this and this is a, a, a multiple deal kind of where I had lined up the second deal before I made the, the deal to move David Johnson, but I was able to get from David Johnson to Juju Smith Schuster. So I like that for him. But I think in general, you're not going to be able to get that kind of deal. Um, but again, from these three, I think Johnson has to be the sell. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel quite as bad as you guys about selling 
Johnson. It seems like there's enough question marks surrounding him, both with the offense and the coaching staff and the players surrounding him and, and the injury history. All those things all add up to enough red flags that 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 mean I I don't mind if I can get top 15 value for him, I'm willing to sell. And, and Matt, you made a good suggestion there, but I agree. It, it's difficult to get from Johnson all the way up to Juju. Uh, I had a tough decision between Kyler and, and Kirk uh, because I agree with Ryan that, man, it seems like it seems like all the talk, everything you see on Twitter, everything you read in articles or hear on podcast is Kyler Murray has this elite upside and, and could take over the league, much like we've seen a couple of quarterbacks over the last few years. I'm shocked that it hasn't translated to our ADP. So so I agreed with Ryan on this one as well. I had Kyler as the buy, and that made uh, Christian Kirk the hold. That's going to do it for this episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast for Ryan and Matt. I'm Dan. We'll catch you again next week for another episode of the DLF Dynasty podcast.